What would you do if we poked you in the axiom? The purpose, to ask questions and engage in dialogue about subjects that we call axioms. An axiom. A statement or proposition which is regarded as being established, accepted, or self-evidently true. These are the underpinnings of our thought, our belief, and the ways that we live out our lives. A question. An examination to determine the validity and or meaning. Dialogue. The process of determination. The process of our examination. Welcome. Welcome, constant listener, once again, to What Would You Do If We Poked You in the Axiom? We are glad that you are with us today. We are uh, continuing in our pursuit of what is morality. What is morality? My name is Malcolm Fowler. I am your host, and to my left... Thomas Barton. And to my right... Mike Dion. I realized uh, after last episode that I don't think that we did our... We did our introductions, and so I wanted to make sure that we... <laughs> that yeah, do it twice today to make up for it? To my left. <laughs> Thomas Barton. And to my right. Guitaro Mysterioso. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Malcolm Fowler. Uh, so I had an interesting experience, guys, that I just want to share with you uh, real quick, which was that uh, someone was, was asking me uh, about about the podcast, but they didn't know how to ask about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a it was an interesting experience. They they said, "So what's this thing that you're doing?" And I well, I don't. What do you mean? I I mean, I guess there's a lot. I'm of, a pastor at a church. It's yeah, a- <laughs> there's a lot of things that you could be referring to here. I'm going to need a little bit more help with this. And they said, "Well, it was online and it was a thing." And I went, "Oh, oh, you, do you mean the podcast?" And they were like, "Well, yeah, I guess so." What did you? What was it that you called it again? And I was. So then, as I was thinking about it, as I was thinking about like our intro and and we read that for constant listener, we read that for ourselves to sort of remind ourselves. I was just thinking about like how would I explain what it is that we do here to somebody <laughs> if, if they were if I was like oh I we, I got a podcast with a couple of friends and they were like oh what is it? Like, have you ever been in a bar at one o'clock in the morning listening to people argue? <laughs> That's what we do. It's kind of like that, but more. Uh, Congenial. <laughs> less alcohol. Less, less alcohol. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I get, but so I like the idea though. So, so take that idea of like a conversation that maybe you would only have in certain settings and apply that here. Like causing a scene at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Like, Papa, what is morality? Well, how about saying the things that, like, you kind of want to say, but you you know that, like, the social setting doesn't doesn't necessarily allow for it? Yeah. So that was, I mean, and and that was very much the idea when when I first came to uh, Thomas and Mike to say, "Hey, guys, I think that we should do this because it seemed like our world just didn't have the ability to have a dialogue about some of these things without." Without ending up really, uh, you know, yelling at one another. The conversations I usually have alone in the shower. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'd say this if they said that. Yes, yeah, yeah. The imagined converse- conversation. I have a lot of those as well. I have a lot of those. I've got a few people I can have these conversations with. That like, usually it's like over Halo. Oh, is, uh, the the video game. Yeah, I thought you uh, meant like the subject of Halo, but now that I understood because <laughs> it was just my old man showing. Like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> uh, but I can't hear you over the noise of the buttons. <laughs> These are conversations I usually had with therapists. <laughs> <laughs> but but what is morality? I don't even know. <laughs> You're asking me to be good. Define good. 
You can't define good. You can't even define good for How many me. therapists have you caused to quit? I don't think I caused any to quit. Oh, okay. I did have one who told me that uh, she sometimes had to go see her therapist after she was done talking to <laughs> That's You were like, that's right. You're earning your money, that's baby. That's right, yeah. That was actually – like I took that as a high honor. I'm like, you're welcome. That, that's one of the things that actually has kept me from like pursuing that as a career. At one point, I was like, I wonder if I should be a therapist. And uh, then it was like, I don't know that – I don't know that I could like deal with the darkness all the time and then just come home and be like, yep, what's for dinner? Let's do life. I'd, I'd just be crushed. So I think, I think that in a lot of ways what we do here is sort of not therapy but a little bit related to it, like being able to talk about these things and work them out. And maybe that's, maybe that's a piece of why you know, so many people feel like they need therapy um, because, because we, need, we, need, we need places to – to be able to work a lot of these things out. And we, Are you and, describing a safe space, Malcolm? No. Is Thomas okay with this? No, not a safe <laughs> space. No, no, actually, oh, well, dangerous. I don't mind the idea of a safe space if it's a space that is like designed to be like an experimental s- s- uh, space, right? Like a range is a safe space, and yet it's a very dangerous space, like a shooting range, mm, yeah. you know? There's a certain set of rules that everybody agrees to so that we can do something that is ultimately very dangerous in a safe way. Right. That's what, you know, I don't mind that idea of a safe well, space. That's what this is for conversation. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah, um, constant listener, please don't describe our podcast as a safe space, though. Do it. Please um, do. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to share that, like, as, because we've been thinking about, you know, how do we, how do we put the word out about, about this and, and, and about why we think that it's something that's worthwhile. And I just wanted to just bring it up as a reminder that, um, that what we do is, is, is to have these conversations in, in mostly reasonable ways, uh, about, about asking these questions and about exploring what they mean. And so, um, so it's just, it, that's just what, that's just what we do. And it has a funny name, which I like, I don't know that it's probably the best name, but <laughs> I don't know that it fits on a bumper sticker or something like that, but that's not really my concern. Uh, so my, my wife has asked, like, what? What are you guys trying to say with that? <laughs> like, we're not trying to we're not trying to make it weird. There's there's no subtext there. It's <laughs> yeah. just it just is what it is. <laughs> so our subject today, our subject today to come back to that is is morality. Sorry, I didn't mean to like go off on some tangent there, but. Uh, our subject today is morality. That's right. I just wasn't expecting a tangent so early in the podcast. Like, yeah, the no, I just wanted to. <laughs> I just, you know, I just wanted to get us off on the right foot. No, I, th- I, I don't know. I just, it was, it, it was rattling around in my head, and I just wanted to get it out there. And so, oh, yeah. this is the safe space for you to do it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, morality, morality. We've, t- we've, we've, uh, we've been talking about morality, uh, and this has come out of our discussion of what is good and evil and now here we are at morality and it and it certainly seems like a logical progression if you're going to talk about what good and evil is uh you're going to have to talk about your relationship with those things and how they bear themselves out in your life and so uh where we've been with morality is uh is to is to really poke at at where it comes from uh what it is um we've seen that it's a it's a process or it's a it's a structure of 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 determining uh, the actions in our lives of what is good and what is what is evil, um, uh, and and so the question that we ended last time with was what makes an action, what makes an action uh, moral, or what makes a what makes a behavior moral? Where does that uh, where does that come from? So that's our that's our question when it comes to morality for us today. Anybody want to anybody want to jump off with that? 
<laughs> on guard. <laughs> I figured I mean, I'd let you go, and then I'll just book I mean, it. <laughs> I'll throw something out there if you guys if you guys want. Throw something then, out there. All right, I'll uh, throw something out there. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up on something that like I think that a lot of us uh, in our in our determining of a of a moral action just kind of do what feels right. Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. A little bit, some sort of a little bit of that. I think that we situation going on. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make the action moral. Which is the question. Oh, hmm. but that's why it makes it moral for us. I mean, that's what, like, yeah, that's what a lot of people think makes an action moral. What if your morality is the right one? Well, is there a right morality? <laughs> so, so hang on. So, so, so you're you're gonna you're. What you're saying is, is this this question is a little more, little bit more expansive, um, in the in in the sense of, and I, I think I get what you're saying. Like, so one thing that sometimes bothers me is that is that people make it a a, a pretty big deal about like where you shop, right? Um, right. And so, to me, I've, I've always kind of thought like, I don't I don't know that where I shop makes is is a moral decision. Well, the under kind of underlining thought there, which probably isn't expressed, is that like being poor is immoral then because I wasn't exactly expressing no, that, you, but okay. No, not you, but like people who have that, like, it's like, well, how dare you shop at Walmart? Like I can only afford to shop at Walmart. Oh yeah. There's a piece of that yeah. to it. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. I can't spend $50 on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's like eco-friendly and you know, they planted a tree in the rainforest for every strand of fiber that. So, so let's hold on, let's hold on to that because, because a lot of times the, a lot of times, and that is an example that, that I can think of in, in, in my own life where people have brought that up about Walmart. Um, and a lot of times like the reason for that is, is like what's behind the thing. Right. Um, and so what's behind for a lot of people when they look at, look at a place like that, um, they look at, you know, the way that they treat their workers, you know, where they source their goods and things like that. And they say like, well, those things mistreat people. So a lot of times I think the things that determine what makes something moral for people is the way that it treats somebody else. Yeah. Well, if I was going to answer the question, simply what I think makes an actual, an action moral would be selflessness. Selflessness, making it makes an action moral would selfishness be the other side to the morality then unless you're Ayn Rand yeah <laughs> <laughs> well but I mean selflessness would be like the good side of morality right like that would be your so you're looking at like there's like a, a dark morality like is, but isn't there I don't I don't know I think morality by definition is supposed to be a working out of the good and the bad do you work out the bad? Yes. Like how? When you say, don't do this. Well, that's a restraint. That's like not a working out. Yes and no. Yes and no. I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you don't disagree with my yes and no? <laughs> well, the Ten Commandments have have a bunch of negate, ne- negative But if the thing's bad. Commandments. Right. Like, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Right. Yeah. When you say working out, you do you mean um, permissible action? Figuring out how to do it. Yeah, like permissible action, I suppose. Okay, so let's say so. So it is not a permissible act to murder somebody. No, but there what are if different you do it selflessly. <laughs> 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 I have to kill you. It's for the greater good. Baby Hitler, because <laughs> we had we got to get to Hitler too. So um, no one ever offers we, to just adopt Baby Hitler. I'm like raise him right. Have you ever seen Looper? The movie with Bruce Willis and uh, the yeah, kid? yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. The without spoiling it, 
they deal with that very concept. Like, what if you? What if the one who's going to turn out bad? What if you instead of treating him like he's going to turn out bad, treat raise, him well, raise him right? Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Ultimately, that is every time traveling movie, isn't it? Um, I mean, Back to the Future was just punch Biff in the face, but oh, Biff but was it was all about like how to change. Like, if we did this thing differently here, we could make something better there. Yeah, yeah. But rarely, well, I don't know, rarely, because I haven't watched all the time travel movies, but I, I think that there's an element there of treating, like, treating the the antagonist in a way that cr- turns them into something different. Um, okay, so there, let me, let me in, a, in a sort of twisted <laughs> way, hang on a second, because, Wrong so we have a commandment, else. we have a commandment that is a relatively universally accepted commandment, do not murder, right? But what we don't have is we don't have a working out of what it means to actually like foster life. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have some. Things, well, some of us do. But <laughs> <laughs> I, the idea of fostering life goes beyond just not murdering. Right. And there's a lot of things that are worked out in that, that that go into that go into fostering life that are not that are not as wrapped up into a nice neat little package of do not murder. So this is what I'm saying like I think a moral action is a selfless action because or maybe an action that goes above and beyond the call of duty we talked about that with you know the medal of honor and you know soldiers who we look at who are clearly heroes who have distinguished themselves talked about it with chivalry um well if if you look at like the teachings of Jesus, you know, to go hardcore Christian for a minute, um, the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Right. Like that's what he does is he he gives of himself. He gives – he risks potentially his safety uh, to deal with this guy who's been beaten up and left for dead by some bandits or whatever, uh, pays for his hotel stay, takes care of his bandages. Like there's no commandment that says he has to go do those things, but he chooses to. So that's – I mean it- – I mean, that's, that's everything that, that Christ was showing in his teachings, right? Like when the rich young man comes to him, he's like, you know, what do I need to do to inherit eternal, eternal life? Yeah. Christ says, you know, he, Christ lifts off the commandments. And he's like, well, I've done all these. And those are like negative things. It's like, don't murder. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Don't commit adultery. Don't. And Christ's like, oh, well, then if you'd be perfect, go and sell everything you have and follow me. So it's above and beyond like those and this is the problem with the law, which is also the problem, I think, with morality, is that simple restraint on behavior. And doesn't I know create been, goodness. Yeah, and I know I've been beating this drum the last two episodes, but it doesn't create goodness. It just restrains. It doesn't create. It doesn't create goodness when it's an external thing, though. Right. So, and I think that I think that one of the things that I think that one of the cries of like our modern culture is like take this thing that we've said is good and like internalize it and like and like be that thing. Like be that, you know, so like it's not enough to just not shop somewhere, right? Like you have to do more to like work for that for that I have moral to, good. I have to internalize urban outfitters. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough to like shop at the co-op. You have to be a member. So I get really <laughs> bothered by like co-ops for that reason because when i lived when i lived in burlington it's like the only grocery store in burlington well where we lived downtown burlington around church street uh was the co-op 
And it's like, first of all, everything is like five dollars more expensive <laughs> than anywhere else. And it's like, oh, but this is like the moral place to be, and you can come be a member. And so I can't afford. First of all, I can't really afford to like do my grocery shopping here, right? In Mass, and second, like, just like, like you know, the smugness of like people who shop at co-ops. So to to, to jump to something just that we were talking about before, but it also it also kind of like sometimes I shop at a co-op. It's I, also kind of <laughs> like raising up that that whole like like it's better thing. So it's like it, it's because there's a claim that, you know, because the foods are locally sourced and organic and things like that, that they're, like, better than the grocery store foods, right? right? And so, like, the, it, it's sort of also giving you that heightened sense of, like, sophistication or living living better and everything, too. So it just plays into that as well. Yeah. Which ultimately, we might argue, is, like, a selfishness thing. So, so it would actually be immoral... I- immoral, yeah, to shop there. If yeah, if you because it's a selfish thing. If if shopping at a co-op, boosts I'm just your... following Tom, Thomas's logic. That's all I'm doing. If shopping at a co-op boosts your ego, then it is therefore immoral. Okay, <laughs> all right. So so morality comes down to your ego and your and whether it's selfish or unselfish. Is there an opportunity for you to do something that is selfish that is still moral, or vice versa, to do something that is selfless but is immoral? Is there is there any such thing as a selfless act? Is the, wow, is there any such thing as a selfless act? I, I mean, mean, ultimately, that's the question. Well, if you kid, throw yourself in front of a bus to save a kid. Yeah, like, I was just going <laughs> to say, like, what about that kid? Who, You're not going to stop the bus. That's the thing. Well, you can push <laughs> the kid push out of the, the way. Kid. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I might stop the bus. I've been eating pizza like a pro. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to hear about... Uh, I think, yeah, I think they're truly selfless acts. I mean, that kid who... One of the one of the many shootings that we've had, you know, in this country, this kid like charged and tackled the shooter and died. That's oftentimes when those things end. Right. It's like there's no way that kid was like sitting there, like you know, doing a cost analysis of his action. <laughs> he just went and did what the right thing to do was. Well, it yeah. He gave his life to save others. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's anything that we can say is like truly. And a selfless be, act. Yeah, that would be it. That would be it. Absolutely, absolutely. And and we've we've had that discussion as 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 well before about, um, not just in those in that single moment of giving yourself, but of giving yourself in everyday little moments. And as parents, as as dads, I think that we all experience that. And you know, our our wives, the the mothers of our of our children, experience be, that as well. So it's not a, just a dad thing. I want to like look at more at Mike's question though. Like, can there be a selfish action. Let's say there's a cause. Was moral. Let's say there's a cause that is is ultimately, you know, assuming there are you know forms of these things, and there is a true moral and a true immoral like realm of things. So there's a cause that truly is immoral, and you are confused, deceived, whatever. You believe it's right, and you die for that cause selflessly, for the sake of that cause and the people that are behind it. Was that a moral action or an immoral action? Can you, can you, hold on? Can you? Can I elaborate? Or, uh, well, just it, I think I I think I I wasn't understanding your 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 setup there. So you there is an immoral cause mm-hmm. that you and the people who support it believe to be right. Okay, but you're mistaken. Okay, and you die for the sake of that cause. Yep, selflessly. Yep, but you're deceived. Yep, is it a moral action to die for that cause? That's an amazing, yeah. That's a great question, Mike. I'm like immediately going to okay. 
Like, because it's our favorite the example. Nazis. The Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Like, you know, like uh, when Berlin's about to fall, like, did someone like selflessly die to save their comrades? Like, yeah. in that moment, was it about, was it about like the terrible things that uh, <clears throat> Hitler's, you know, army wanted to do, Hitler's government, or was it like simply about, I want to save? My brother's next to me. What if you? What if you weren't even saving your brothers next to you? You were going in, following the orders of Hitler, to do X, Y, and Z, and died in the process. You were still giving of yourself. Yeah, I would not say that that part was moral. If you know, I think, but see, there has to be a level of knowledge. I think. So you have to know. To know, like, do you know? Because, I mean, we could say that about, I mean, our own soldiers here in the U.S., like some of the, like, the horrible things that our government has done mm. with the military, right? Like so most soldiers who go in, they don't... They don't know what's going on. They don't They're know what the end orders. game is. They're just like, I'm a soldier. And So I was kind of thinking about that earlier because I was thinking about the things that we glorify in our world and and like the things that we give medals for. And we give medals for heroism and bravery in the military. But usually it's for like saving other soldiers. Yeah. Like like laying your life down, being wounded for for the sake of, of your brothers in arms. I mean we don't we certainly glorify, you know, the killing, but we don't give medals for it. You killed a thousand Nazis. Good job, buddy. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean we give medals for, you know, you saved like your actions saved these people. I mean, the unfortunate thing in, in war is, is that sometimes those actions mean that you, you know, killed the enemy. But yeah. It's a tough question, Mike. Excellent. Yeah, That's I great. don't, I don't know. <laughs> like there's morality. I think you mentioned one of the previous episodes, or maybe it was just a side talk that we were having when we weren't recording about morality being like a working out of the gray areas between maybe that was the the thing that we were trying to remember good and evil. about Mike having a really good point maybe when we were before we were recording here we were talking about Mike what was it that you had said <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think that I just worked but, here okay no I remember that I remember you saying that I remember you saying that that morality was that working out of the gray area um I so the the situation that the situation that you describe I think I think that we could try to – I think there's a soft spot in us that would like want to – well, I don't know. There's a soft spot in us that would want to want to think that that was like at – least, at least extend like some sort of forgiveness. It's like you were trying, you were deceived, you didn't realize, so we're not going to hold it against you. Right, like the Nuremberg trials didn't like try all the foot soldiers. No, it tried, tried the leadership. The leadership. Right. Um and like, and you even said, Thomas, like, what, like somebody just trying to save their brother? Right. Mike was like, nope, nope, trying to save the Nazis, trying yeah. to, <laughs> the Third Reich. Um, right. And right. I think Working that that's for the Nazi cause. I think ultimately, like, that's why it's hard right now for people to get behind America as an as a as an idea as a nation, um, because there's so much that they look at and they say that's wrong. How could I? How could I support that? I can't. I can't put my name or 
put all of my efforts behind. Yeah, know, I can't I hitch can't myself to that myself wagon. For that cause. Right, right. So what about this? I, I don't know if you guys have heard the story about um, the Luftwaffe pilot who, uh, who um, escorted an American bomber back. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was an American bomber who, you know, on a flying run over Germany or wherever, and it was all shot to crap. And, you know, this German fighter pilot was, like, coming in and, like, just saw, like, you know, could see into and see, like, these wounded men. And the plane was limping along. And he escorted that plane back to, instead of shooting it down and killing those people, he escorted it back to. I've uh, not heard that story. Yeah, to its own territory. And, like, flew as its wingman. And, like, you don't, like, what made that happen? Like, the common humanity. Right, the common, like, it was, like, was it, like, seeing, oh, like well, these wounded men, like, I can't just. Do you know the story of Christmas Day in, in World War One? Yes, where they all, they all played. Yeah, they all yeah. stopped. They all got up out of the trenches and shared cigarettes and chocolate. Played soccer in no man's land. Yeah, and then. The next day went back to shooting each other. Yep. That yeah. would be the, that would be the hardest part for me. At that point, yeah, the the day after, be like, I can't shoot that guy. Yeah, that's a big theme in uh, the novel All Quiet on the Western Front. It was like, there's a scene where they're just he's in a he's in you know a crater in no man's land with the enemy, you know, mm-hmm. just like looking, they're just looking at each other and recognizing like they're just both scared children. Mm-hmm. I think you can think that an action is moral, but you can be deceived in it. Okay. That's the thing. That's, that's what I would say about the, the situation that you presented. I think that you can be deceived in thinking that an action is moral. So in terms of the, the metric of, of selflessness or selfishness, that isn't the, the, the full metric. I don't think so. I think it. I think it helps us. I think it. I think it gets us towards a better morality, um, but I don't think it brings us all the way. I, I do. I would say there's definitely something honorable about being selfless in the way that you act. Absolutely, right or or wrong. Because I mean, I'm going to be wrong about some stuff, but if I'm selfless, at least I'll feel better about the things where I'm just a selfish jerk that mm-hmm. I'm wrong about. Um, not that feeling better makes morality, but. and it and it 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 could easily be twisted as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. It could it could easily be twisted into, um, and probably has been over the years. Uh, that could could end up getting twisted into into some sort of oppressive system. It could end up getting twisted into getting somebody to do something that isn't actually. Well, look at in relationships; it becomes codependency. Right. Right, so they're the so who's constantly giving for their partner, yep, and basically they can't do anything else, and it's basically a form of abuse for yeah. the other, yeah, like taking advantage of that self sacrifice, right? Um, and so, so I think that it it can become it, it in order to could we say that in order to in order for there to be like a a selfless act like that, like there needs to be there needs to be a self, yes. 
<laughs> I don't know if that was like a like a gastric something that came I up was or like something. Immediately, like just like like Buddhism popped into my head. Oh, like, sorry, no, no no self. There needs to be the self actuated uh, individual <laughs> in order for there to be a selfless act. Um, and I think because because like that codependency, right? Like like your identity becomes wrapped up in the other person. And so now it's like there's a blurring of those lines. And that's not a healthy relationship, right? But a healthy relationship has has two individuals that can that can be individuals and exist as individuals, but also have like a dependency upon other uh, upon one another or a uh, you know that that gets worked out. And that it's it's hard to it's hard to to make that into like does some there, sort of system, does, but it just works itself out. Does there need to be a goal for morality? Absolutely. Like do you need I to- think that's I think that's to be working towards a goal, for I, a moral I would, action. I think that's probably where morality really, really comes from. That it's the it's the either the striving for something or or not for something. So we touched on this a little bit, I think, in the first episode. Um, then is there other things which are simply amoral? Amoral meaning that they're like, they're neither moral or, or immoral. Yeah, like are without morality, just like neutral. Yeah. Like our, like our everyday life, like just getting out of bed, making breakfast and like trying to survive. Like, or is every single instant of our life fraught with... Is taking a shit moral? Moral response. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it a moral decision? <laughs> just bumped up on the... Uh, 29 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Make a note. Uh, I'm dep- sorry. Where are you? Depends on where you're going, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a um, Kyle and I used to go for a walk after yeah. lunch when we, my office was at my mom's house in their basement, and we'd go for this like mile and a half walk down to where the road turned to dirt, and right in that spot was like a little turnaround, and there was a sign that said no dumping, and somebody took a crap in front of that. I'm sure that they took pictures of this. <laughs> took a crap in front of the sign. That and is an immoral. Hashtag irony. That is definitely an That's immoral a, uh, bowel movement. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so they're in. They were trying to. The, the, yeah, they were trying to. I was going to say flaunt something. Well, hold but. on. <laughs> I want to ratchet us back to before the joke. Okay, please do. Because <laughs> okay. I mean that. Like there is either moments in your life where you can have true neutrality, or everything you do has moral consequence to it. Which is a terrifying, a terrifying prospect. Yeah, that every single thing you do say is fraught with moral consequence. Fraught, fraught. <laughs> this is this is. Uh, I was going to say, is this could is it could this be why so many of our youngsters have such anxiety in their lives because they feel like everything in their lives is fraught with moral consequences. Maybe, yeah. And I mean, have to do with not expressed as, as like, as, as such a well thought out thing, but just that that's the world that's been presented to them. I think we unconsciously all kind of feel that or else like, where would the idea of wasting our life come from? Mm. I think that there, mm, I don't know. My, my gut, my gut is like, there's, there's some things that are just things that are just. Neither me, good nor bad. Right? Like what shampoo am I using to wash my hair? Um, like, could there possibly be some options that are bad? Like, Hey, if I know this company, like 
literally kills people to make shampoo. It's, it's made out of human remains. Like maybe I shouldn't use that one. Soylent green is people. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, generally speaking, nah. I mean, you could you could get really legalistic in the arguments and be like, well, you know, are you using the most responsible shampoo or, you, you know, go the Dave Ramsey method. Are you using the most financially responsible for you shampoo <laughs> or, you know, did you spend an extra 50 cents that you could have set aside? You know, that 50 cents at the end of the year adds up. You would have had $3 come January. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not in those circles. <laughs> <laughs> I was for it was when you talk about like, hey, what's it worth to you, Mike, to smell like cucumber melon? Does Dave is it worth Ram- $3 a year? <laughs> Does Dave Ramsey yes. prove that that gospel is really prosperity gospel when, like, he's a huge evangelical force right now? He blurs a line. Yeah. He blurs a line because some of some of what he says is just, like, just simple sound financial advice. Like, hey, just ask yourself math. the question, like, do you, need to, do you need to buy that thing? Like, a lot of what he says just boils down to, like, restraint. And I think that that really probably plays into your your whole thing about like like endless consumerism, endless yeah. consumption, because he does sort of give like a give a don't don't just buy things like you don't you don't need to just buy things like set a, set yourself some some boundaries, set yourself some spending boundaries, and just stick with it. And Jesus would be like, just burn it. <laughs> follow me. Just <laughs> no, no, because <laughs> just give be, it away. No, because because the things that the things that we have have we what, what we need to do is we need to see those things as as things that have been given to us um, in order to in order to make use of them for the good, right? The things you own end up owning you. <sighs> Thanks, Tyler, Tyler Durden. <laughs> um, but I mean, in some in some ways, in some ways, I guess that that's that's the thing. Like, it, and because and this is the thing with morality is that. Is that it, it? It can easily become a legal system. Well, and that's what it, it, it often it does, and it often is, yeah. and often does, right? Like in the Dave Ramsey circles, if you have a credit card, you're you're, you're bad. Immoral. Yeah, um, and and like so, and not to like, I think you make a good point. There are some things that he says that are are valid. So not to just like poo poo all over him. He, if you look at at any sort of financial, because that planning, would be an immoral. <laughs> <laughs> well, any any financial approach needs. Uh, Motivation and math. Uh, and in his case, he has motivation, math, and theology. The only one that he's good at is motivation. His theology is garbage and his math is not that great. Like, Well, his interest rates are suspect. Yeah. Well, his interest rates are suspect and going at – like his whole thing is like do the debt snowball, which is very motivational. But he's like ignore the high interest things if they're not the smallest. And like you will spend more money doing the debt snowball. But if that's what it takes for you to get through it, then – yeah, like if you're not going to be motivated because you're paying off this like 30% interest thing versus the the 6% is taking you longer. Well, and and ultimately like it's it's the whole thing with like like the tithe, right? Like the 10% and then right. and that becomes like a thing for a lot of a lot of Christians and churches like 10% like before taxes, after taxes is that net is that gross is that like what is that? Right. It's just like, well, Jesus gave everything and he asks you to give everything. So you tell so me be where the selfless ten... and let me have all your stuff. Well, and that's and that's the theology. Like the theology is not like the theology. I think is is is, is don't let your budget rule your mission. So I think we need to pull your ministry. We need to pull ourselves back. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, because um, like we're talking about like <laughs> if are there yeah. things that are truly just neutral? And you brought yes. up like shampoo, which right, which dove into like which, I think you can make it 
an, a matter of morality. And th- that was the Dave Ramsey right. dive off is in a lot of these those circles like the the nitty gritty of how you spend your money, like not just like the big picture uh, can be turned into a matter of morality. I, I literally had somebody once I bought a, a Dunkin Donuts coffee and somebody said that's ruined your financial peace. I was like, uh, I mean, it might be the jokes on you. I don't have any peace. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it might be the $12 an hour I'm making. That's ruining my financial peace there, buddy. Uh, third of my paycheck there. going to taxes. Yeah. But, uh, so, so I think that you can, you can make that. I don't think that that's the way that we're made. I don't think that we should be agonizing over, you know, are my shoelaces tied the right way? Who cares? Can I choose an immoral street to walk down to get to the grocery store? In some cases, but probably not. Probably not. If you have a uh, potential uh, affair on that street, then maybe you shouldn't walk down. Like it. I'm walking down the street because I want to so, look at that. So I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna venture something here. I'm gonna venture that like anything could be moral, but not everything is moral. Does it then become immoral or does it have – or is there that neutral point? Does it then become – say it again. So if, if, if everything could possibly be moral yep. but isn't, yep. are we talking about a polarity between you know, moral and immoral or is there a I neutral think, point where I those think, things – I think it becomes what's at stake. I think it becomes the it's, – so it's, I'm, I'm thinking of it in a, in a situational way. Um, and so I think it, I think it becomes what's at stake. So if buying the shampoo that's 50 cents more puts my children's, um, dinner at stake, I probably should buy the cheap shampoo. It would seem, yeah. But if it doesn't. But again, does that, is that a moral decision or is that just a financial decision? Like it's moral because what's at stake is the life of your children. Of my children. Yeah. Right. So I, I think I think that makes sense. That that seems to be the thing that it starts to hinge on is well, and and that's the thing like with the shopping thing that so often gets we've brought up a couple times here is that you know if you shop there, you're approving and even contributing to the oppression of children in third world countries. It's like, yeah, on some level I am. I wish that my not shopping there was enough to stop that, but it won't. It doesn't make it okay for me to shop there. Yeah. But it does bring up the question of like, okay, is it enough for me to just not shop there? Well, it also ignores like the actual economic realities of <clears throat> most people living in this country. I mean, when people are like, well, Walmart is just, yeah, I get it. Like I've, I know, I know, I know all the, the economic reality of, of, I don't actually have enough income to be able to. Right. Yeah. And it's not, and people are like, well, I guess, you know, should make better choices or have less kids. Like, why? Like, <laughs> like I, you know, like having a big family is a, brings me great joy. So, so here's so here it brings many people great joy. And like, so they should they should not bring life into the world so they can save up money so they can shop at the boutique instead of going to shop at Walmart, which provides all their family needs. Right, and so the economic thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like when it comes to kids, because you you give give so much there's so much so many things that happen with kids that don't make a lot of economic sense right yeah and so like having them in the first place (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, what does Dave Ramsey say about that? <laughs> but then, but but even then, like like, so not that I want to bring up abortion here too much, but but that becomes one of the things. Like, is it a moral decision? Like, is it morally right for for somebody to bring a child into into the world that they can't take take care of? It's like what a terrible thing to think. We only have to have that conversation because the traditional community structures, which like I see this in. And, you know, and, and oh, here goes Thomas on tradition again. I know. I know. <laughs> but like I see it in my church and I see it uh, with, you know, the friends I have. I mean, you and Emily have given like tons of clothes to. That's a self selfish decision on our part. Right. I, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. My, my house is a mess. But what I'm saying, <laughs> but what I'm saying, <laughs> but what I'm saying is. I feel it, that in my soul. <laughs> when you have, when you have community and close knit friendships. Like I, we've never had to worry about clothes for our kids because it's always the hand-me-down thing. And right. then when our kids outgrow them, it's like, okay, the new, the new baby at church. Well, they need these clothes too. Yeah. And like it's tight knit. Right. It's such a tight knit community. It's like, oh, you guys, we got, all, we got, you know, all these clothes that no one wears anymore. No, I know, no, I hear you. But I when those you. structures disappear, well, and that's that's the strange thing about like, so I I sort of, I see the the selfishness, selfless piece of morality that you're talking about. But I wish that it's not. I don't think it's as simple. I wish that it were, but I don't think that it is because community. I think um, it carries all those all those layers to it that that get mixed all up and get and get worked out. Hopefully, somehow, um, especially when there's some shared expectations and and something else there too. I think, uh, and that something else I think is is a sense of caring for people. But like. Like I, I, I gain something out of those clothes being given. Yeah. More floor space. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm not as like frustrated at my wife and my daughter because, you know, it's like my daughter's room is a mess. Why? Because the clothes are all over it. And I'm not the only one that has those conversations. No. Now this is sort of ignoring the fact that I could go in there and I could, I could clean up. Right. But like, well, and also, I mean, like. There's people who would just, you know, have a yard sale and get like 50 cents a, a t-shirt. Right. Instead of being like, oh, I know I have a friend who's got young kids and they're, you know, a couple years behind mine so I can give these clothes. Yeah. So but I've also been on the other end of that, which is like, I, I sometimes I just have to receive something from somebody. I just have to take something from somebody because they're trying to get it out of their house. And it's not, and I don't necessarily want it in my house, but it's like now I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to take this. Because I, because you need me to. I got some clothes, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> I have a basement full of toys heading your way. Oh gosh. So. Oh gosh. Do you need this talks? Like, do you need community for moral action? Yeah. Do you need something bigger than yourself that you are a part of? Yeah. Can you make a moral action just? When you're the only one concerned, I yes. think we're kind of. So. <laughs> Let's say you're a prisoner of war. I mean, I guess you could argue that your community is. Mike's just all over like the hypothetical situations. <laughs> this this episode, this is today. great. Okay, I'm a prisoner of war. Uh, is your are your are your captors your community? Let's start there. Yeah, if they are okay, then you have yeah. No, then no. If if not, <laughs> no. then I think that you could you can take moral action in that in that environment without community as, as a lone actor, just like still clinging to what you believe to be good and right and trying to do what is good and right. Um, 
if they are your community, then, you know. But what is, but I mean, what kind of actions would you be clinging to that are good and right? Let's say um, as a, in as an attempted a, escape, you have an opportunity to shoot one of the one of your captors, and you choose not to. Okay, your captors are your community. Like I mean, I said that already, though. Yeah. So I, I so let's no, throw that. Question. No, I'm sorry. Community has a definition which does not involve you being uh, a prisoner of war. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not going to push back <laughs> against that. That is not a community. <laughs> I raised my children in that you're, community. You're thinking, you're thinking of, a, of of the positive sense of like of, of community, but but those people that that you are in that moment that are that are around you, they have become your community. No, they, they have become the people around you. They have become the people that, in many ways, you are dependent upon. Maybe once Stockholm syndrome sets in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a positive community. I'm not saying that it's a good community. But I it think is. We need a different word. All right, fine. Community, the other than community? For being a prisoner of war. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, okay. And, you, and you, you're... I, what, what decision is, is, is made in a vacuum? Uh, in a vacuum of... In a vacuum of relationships, in a vacuum of consequences. Because in, 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 because, you're you're still have your, because you, have, you still have your environment around you. If, if you're a Samaritan and you're walking down a, a road and you see somebody who's not a part of your community beat up and left for dead, mm-hmm. can you take a moral action? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, does that require... Because you've entered into... Because now you've entered into community so with that person. Okay. I'm going to so. change my... I'm, I'm going to change my word in my question. Okay. Here. Yeah, because I think we're just going to get drunk. Yeah, this, this is yeah. We're just, we're just we're just we're just going around circles here. Can you have truly moral action without belonging to, let's say, a system of belief greater than yourself? Okay, that's a little. Well, okay. So this is what I'm thinking about. Like in our hyper individualized society, like, and we're extremely atomized. Let's say that that like continues to happen and we're just all these fractured pieces mm-hmm. and it's basically all boils down to individual desire, individual choice, individual will. Can we even speak of morality if morality itself is dependent upon the personal beliefs of millions of people apart from the whole? I would argue that most, most people – the, I know there are some philosophers who are just like, nope, this is entirely a thing that I've made up. But most people at their core feel that their beliefs transcend themselves. So I I don't think that you would get for – the, for the philosophers who say, no, my beliefs are entirely like made up in, in me and I've decided that they're, – they're going to say that morality probably doesn't matter like – in terms of the bigger picture for the people who feel that right and wrong is transcendent beyond them, but don't necessarily haven't necessarily spent the time to think that through. I think that they're going to assume that morality has to extend. Like, you know, if I believe it's wrong to uh, kill kittens, if you're killing kittens, I'm thinking that that's a transcendent thing and, and you're being immoral. Now, whether it's right or wrong to kill kittens is another question, but, I love that Mike is like upset with the gore and uh, Logan. Like all of his examples are just super dark. 
prisoners of war. <laughs> yeah, for Nazis. Nazis. So I killing like kittens. <laughs> I, I watched Logan recently, and so now I just I have to get all the darkness you get out. All the trauma out. Yeah, next time it'll be all puppies and petting kittens. So of killing them. If if let's take <laughs> let's take your assumption um, that most people do feel like, even if maybe they want to use the word transcendent, that right and wrong is beyond them. And I think probably most of us do, that we don't have self-defined ideas of right and wrong, that we've gotten them from somewhere. Right. Even the idea that, like, you know, what's what's right for you is right for you and what's right for me is right Right. for me, people still treat that as transcendent. Right, they do, and I agree. So does that – is that proof that ultimately these things are transcendent and we're getting glimpses of them that we we all seem to, like – like I've met very few people who are like, well, I just invented my own form of morality. Right. I don't yeah. know if I've ever met anyone you can't separate, outside of prison. You can't said that. So to your to your, <laughs> <laughs> so your your question about like uh can you have a moral decision without serving a higher purpose? Is that what you said? Yeah, a goal that you're orienting yourself towards. Or a community we're, or we're all inheritors of of this of of moral systems, right? Or of some 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 piece of it. Okay. Uh, I don't think that you can separate yourself out. I don't think you can separate yourself out from, from the idea of that higher system. Even if, even if it's just, even if it is just yourself, like, because the very idea that you could just, I mean, the idea that you could invent your own moral system, sort of, you have to have something, something else that you're, that you're working off of in order to in order to do that, you have to have something that's that's already been handed to you uh, like in Satanists order to come to that conclusion. Like Satanists are still working off of the presuppositions of Christian morality. Yeah, if, if, they, <laughs> like if there'd be no Satanists if Christianity didn't exist. You're like, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you you asked if it's proof that there's that there's a transcendent morality. I think it's strong evidence, but I wouldn't say it's proof. I think it it the, it proves that humans are wired to operate with an idea of transcendent morality, which is pretty strong evidence. You mean like, you you mean like the idea that not that there's a universal morality, but that morality is universal. I like less than half of you. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) There's not a universal morality in the sense that everybody agrees that these things are moral, right? But that there is a universal sense of morality. Okay. Okay. There's a universal... Morality itself is a universal thing. We we all seem to have this this idea that it exists and that we should conform to it. Yeah, no matter what that we, might be. Yeah, yeah we disagree in all about various what it is. Ways yeah. that it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that the the challenging question I think comes down to is it not amorphous, but can it change depending on your circumstances and. Uh, if so, then what? Like, so this is like the pragmatic argument for, you know, that has been made for morality. We basically, we have to invent these things to keep society going. And because we have a bunch of different societies, that's why we see like morality as not universal morality, but morality as universal, right? Mm, yep. Which I think is... It doesn't explain 
doesn't I don't think it goes deep enough. I think it's too reductionistic to to say like like human beings like we see like we see the same things happening over and over across cultures. The founding of civilizations, the building of civilizations, uh civic and religious code to keep those civilizations flourishing, but then you see like from these things deep metaphysical systems like mm. you know like if you read uh you know well just read the theologians or metaphysicians from different cultures it's like they're clearly not just making stuff up here like they, they, their thought is so profound like there's clearly something behind this and like pragmatic necessity doesn't lead to deep theological speculation a sense of the divine leads to deep theological speculation I think it's the same with morality. Like we have this sense of right and wrong within us. We might not be able to completely articulate it. We might not be able to really even express like, like to just sit and like say, you know, what is morality? Like we've been trying to do for the last three episodes. Like you can barely explain it, but you can see it. Like everyone, when they see it, they're like, oh, that's right. That guy's the hero. This person is doing something awful. It's every story that we've ever really written. (laughs) You know, they just are moral examples for us. That's why when the hero in a a story that you really like who's about to do something immoral and you're like, no, 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 no. Don't do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Boromir. (laughs) So so what you're suggesting is that morality – comes from comes from a transcendent place. Yes. I mean, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 funny because I when we started this, that's something that I would have said. Um and you sort of took a position that was sort of I don't know how do I put it, it was sort of down on morality in the, right. in the sense of like saying that it was like it was just a it was just a system. It couldn't. It couldn't make anybody do anything. It couldn't. It couldn't. Could make people better. Yeah. Yeah. Which I would. Which I would agree with. But I think that. I think that. The morality that I I know, um, in the. Your in individual the Christian morality. sense of things, um, tells me to strive for something, and and tells me to, to look upwards, and to and to reach for that, to conform my my life, my behavior, my patterns of speech, even to to those ways um, that there is right and that there is wrong and that um, my behavior needs to needs to be on the right side and and that that comes from a place of a goal of, of saying that there is this this transcendent uh, experience there is this transcendent um, um, person uh, that calls me calls me ever upward so maybe I don't necessarily think it's morality itself, but that thing that morality is driving us towards. Like, it's and it's weird because I really don't like the term morality, and I, that is where like I that's got been off. clear. That's yeah, that's where <laughs> that is where I like started off with this. But if we're talking about patterns of behavior that are, you know, that are proper. Mm-hmm. I do think that's like even and even if you wanted to look at it as a purely evolutionary thing, that's still transcendent of any one individual. That patterns of behavior have been worked out over mm-hmm. an extremely long timeline mm-hmm. 
and we have found out that the, there are certain patterns of behavior which lead to human flourishing. Like that's still like that still transcends even the the race transcends a single community. These if, patterns of behavior. What if we're just partly a hive mind? Partly a hive mind. <laughs> I think we do. I think that's. I mean, that's Jung's theory of the collective unconscious. I think there's. I think that there is something. It only to brings that. you to a certain point, though. It, it it still only brings you to a certain point. I don't think. Well, that's why I said because your point, your point about about morality. As a as a legal system, and I think that that's sort of what we. I think that's what a lot of people are operating with when it comes to morality. I think that they're operating with a legal system of social niceties um, that they've attached value to, whether you know things that are good or things that are bad, and 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 it only brings you to a certain place. Um, I think that I think that true morality does have to come from a divine place because it's it's that that I think that that, that begins to transform you, and 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 it, and there are times I think when when we are transformed so that we can so that we can behave in a in a more moral way and then there are times when i think that we are called to behave morally so that we can be transformed and so i think that i think that the the i did it again um the <laughs> the uh i think that I, I don't I don't really have a problem with like your problem with morality because I because I, I don't have, have a problem with you not having a problem with my problem with morality. Thank you because I th- because I think that That's it's right. I think that it's perfectly valid because I because um, because I think that the, the the best that we can do with on our own when it comes to morality is is just come up with some sort of uh, some sort of legal system of, of saying do this don't do that. So this is this is why yeah that's my biggest problem is like it doesn't touch upon our and it, it doesn't it can but it doesn't really touch upon our being. Right, right. Well, and it's why, if if it's nothing but a reductionist, uh, you know, the Dave Ramsey, what is expedient, what is beneficial to to the group, or something like that, it robs the sacrifice of nobility and of meaning, of ultimate meaning. It robs the self sacrifice of myself for somebody else Here's of any question. meaning. Like if you wanna if you wanna to point to like a a proof of the transcendent, it's that example that you brought up earlier of any person who's ever sacrificed themselves yeah. to stop a shooting. It's like how did it like that's that's the thing that is you know that 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 points to that points to the transcendent because we look at that and we say, That is a is a noble, that is a hero act. You know what we don't say about it? When we see those things, we never say that guy was really moral. <laughs> so is that you? Is that you saying that it's something that that goes beyond morality? It's something that goes beyond. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Maybe it. Maybe it goes to a place of a morality that we are just so unfamiliar with no. that we can't say that I it's a mor- that that well, guy that, was really moral. I think that's why we don't say it. Is it beyond moral and into good? Yes, that's kind of like the point that I'm seeking to get at here. Like when we. When we look at these people, like no one's like, or like when, like no one's at a funeral and wants to give a compliment for someone and saying, well, he lived a really moral life. People are like, oh, so he was a prig. <laughs> <laughs> like he was I don't a think that's how we, I don't think that, but we wouldn't say it like that. We would say, we would talk about, about all the good things that that person did. Right. Well, if, if they were truly good. But if it was just to a moral code, I think I see where you're coming from. Like right. if it was like, well, this person had a rigid moral code, 
then we would hear that as like, yeah, but nobody has anything good to say. I think the the way we use words is purposeful. I believe words have deep inherent meaning. And that's why we like would all be like you. Like like if like the you know, if the pastor's up there like, well, he was a really moral guy and you know, but they'd be like your no. bias against morality is showing. <laughs> because well, no, I think we all have this bias against morality and understand that there are things which transcend morality and that goodness is one of them. Because we don't talk that way. Right. If like if I died and you were doing my funeral, Malcolm, and you got up and instead of saying he loved his kids, he loved his wife, he worked hard to try to support them. If you were like, he made a lot of moral decisions. The ghost of Mike Dion would show up and be like, is this it? Is this, was this the culmination of my life? Some moral decisions? I failed. But no, no, no. Because That's what I also brought up last time. Love is goes beyond morality as well. I think for our shared morality, we would say that love exi- or how do I want to say it exemplifies embodies all of those moral things when yep. we describe those actions we're sort of unconsciously saying like those are the moral good those are the moral good so if we were like an Asian culture and you got up and said he brought honor to his family you would ultimately be saying he was moral in the way that he lived but without saying he was moral we have a yes, yes. We have a funny relationship with morality because because we want to be moral, but we don't want to be known for just being moral. I don't even know what all this ality I supposed to want more of is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a soft was, drink. No. You I'm can gonna, get I'm gonna, <laughs> I know that wasn't my finest moment. No, it was not. But I uh, do it. Your daughter is just shaking her head and saying, that, that's that not funny. funny, Dad. That wasn't funny. <laughs> so. I lost it. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, I th- St. Paul, when he talks about the fruits of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah. We can start Ag- singing against, it says against such, there is no law. Mm-hmm. Like, There's no laws needed because those things transcend the ethical structures Unless you're in a city where it's illegal to feed the homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. And then you need a permit to do it. Yeah. But I see I see what you're saying. There there's not those things don't need to be restrained. Right. So I mean, I think that's proof right there. I mean, at least for us who hold the scripture that like these things transcend what we call morality. They transcend the thing that we call that's not it that's not the word to use. They transcend the thing that we call law. But you've said earlier, and like we've kind of talked about like morality is linked to law. It's linked to the law when it becomes a twisted form of it. When we, when we, when we codify it and when we, I don't think you can have morality without like the codification. I think that's inherent to morality. No, I think morality comes far, far more, far more from a place of being. And maybe that being is wrapped up in your community and the people around you, um, which might be why you see some Stockholm syndrome. Um, but I think that I don't think that Woody Allen. Well, yeah, <laughs> partly, partly. I think that. Slander? 
law kind of works because it's it's sort of the morality that we've agreed upon, right? And so we've set it down. Well, we've or, written or it or down. the lords have agreed upon to place upon us. Uh, well, in in some ways, I mean, in some ways, but it's also but morality sort of goes is 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 also the, like unwritten things, and it and it is based upon value judgments that we make. It is based upon, and 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 we've talked a, we've talked a lot about it. We've talked a lot about how how it crops up in different places, and we we make a determination upon it in a lot of different ways. We make a determination upon it based upon the situation, based upon the people that are involved, based upon what's at stake, based upon something even transcendent that of uh, in our experience. Um, There's always kind of an equation happening. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I, I don't necessarily think that we're, we're thinking of it as, as such. Sometimes it's a, it's an unconscious it's equation. Yeah. Like if I say two plus it's two a trained... is four, like if I say two plus two, you're, you're not equating it. You just know. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I say we... killing your kids, you're like, that's bad. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that uh, morality Law sort of comes from morality, and so I think that's that's the relationship of it, um, and the things that are, you know, that there are no law for. I don't think that's that's meant to say that they're not they're not moral. I think it's meant to say that like they're things that you can't. They're internalized. Those things that Saint Paul said, they're things that are internalized, and that's his point because they're fruits of the spirit, and the spirit now dwells within the believer. And so his point is to say that these are these are things that are that are within. These aren't these are not things that are without. Right. Well, he says there's no law I, against them. Could there be a law for them? You need to be kind. You require. I mean, but that's the go see, to evangelical churches. You you have to be kind unless it's about politics. <laughs> see, I think this is one of the places where, like, you and I are just gonna always kind of disagree, which is okay. Like. That's an interesting question, though. I'll try to get to that. Like, I just think, I don't know, I find it interesting the way we use words. And we always tend to use morality as something lesser than the good. I think there's something there. You mean just in the is this typical use of it? Yeah. Okay. Is this just an idea that you're playing with that, that we're not necessarily going to... Yeah, I don't think it's... An, it's nothing I need to, like, I have, like, I need to... I, I just... Uh, That's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. No, no. Well, because I would, I would agree with you that like, it is good. It's not moral. The way that we, <laughs> I, I would agree with you that the way that we that we use words has a really, really big impact. Um, but you could, I, I, I don't know. I think that there's a way that you could understand it as saying like maybe, maybe part of the problem is is that we don't we don't use morality very much. Like it's become a it's become maybe. a bit of a bad word. So maybe I have my own cultural bias. Towards it. Well, you certainly do, and and I certainly do as well. I don't. I have no biases whatsoever. <laughs> so I want to, but I think this is what touches. I want to. I think Mike's question links into it. Like, can you have a command to, to be good? You can have a command, like you can have a command to be good. But, Love your neighbor as yourself. Right, but you won't actually like that. Doesn't necessarily mean you will be. Good. Right. It doesn't. The command doesn't change your desires. The, the command doesn't. Cha- yeah, and it doesn't change your being. The command, and maybe so. That's the interplay of morality and goodness. 
is that the moral requirement is you need to act these things out. And in the fruit is that hopefully there will be a change to your internal state. It's like I know that the moral thing for me to do with my children is to be patient with them. But I, I do not feel that all the time. But do you th- – like we're not th- – <laughs> and this is kind of like what I mean too. Like we're not thinking in terms of being moral. We're thinking of in terms of being good. And maybe right. this is my own semantic uh, peculiarity is that like if morality is simply a working out of the good, then maybe it doesn't matter what word we use. But I just think that we are – if there is a goal to morality, the goal of morality would be the change in your being. It would no longer be an existential thing, right? Like morality is usually existential. It's working out how we are going to exist in the world. Ontology is the study of being itself. So we want to get past the existential place and get to the ontological place so that we have, it's not just action anymore. It's something which has permeated all of me. Like those fruits are actually growing within me. And now it's not a matter of controlling behavior. It's an outflow of something deeper. Would this, would this answer your question from earlier? Is that like everything is moral? Yeah, that's the terrifying thing. Is that why you buck? Why you <laughs> kick against the goads? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I believe everything has, I do and think has cosmic consequences. Like it has like every like it has a ripple if at least for your own soul, right? But I think it's like not even just my own soul, but for all of humanity and the in cre- creation. Like if sin is something which happens not just in the individual, but like because of Adam's sin, creation itself is placed under a curse. Mm-hmm. Then my sin affects the world around me in ways I can't see. Like there is no, and I know we're not really now. I mean, this is more. We're I believe we're all interconnected, like, abso- like absolutely interconnected, that there's nothing that can just be in community. And so these moral decisions have to be made within community. Well, they have to be. And we I, don't and we don't not have community. Like I can't like if I'm just sitting on the couch, like, you know, it's like I'm not hurting anyone. Like all I'm doing is like being here, being me. And, you know, abusing myself with, uh, you know, horrible foods. And, Those chips are worth it. Peaky know. blinders. Peaky blinders, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it actually doesn't just affect me. It, it doesn't. I just can't see the ways my individual actions ripple out to the entire. Well, it's funny because that's the. Like, that's of humanity. That's sort of at the heart of the whole example of like, don't shop it at Walmart because because they support sweatshops, right? Right. Like the thing that you do has an effect. And that's a pretty direct impingement upon upon the world around you, right? I mean, you're talking about something on a on a more meta level than simply that that direct impact upon something. Um, That's why we feel it when we're around like a person who's genuinely good. Like you walk away from that person feeling better, and and you know and you can't really explain it. You're just like, oh man, like I just like, and that's why you like somebody who lifts you up. Yeah, somebody who lifts you up. Okay, and we all feel like the negative too, like just around certain people. Like oh man, they might not have said or done anything, but you know inside of them is a pile of poisonous snakes, 
Is that yeah. why we only see each other like once or twice a week? You guys don't want to be around me. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I like see you, you more than most Mike. people, Mike. <laughs> like, I'm pretty isolated. <laughs> so you don't have community. <laughs> no, I th- I think you're I think you're right. There's something there. I think that there's a tension there. At least I I see it when when I know the moral code that I want to live, but I don't feel it. Like it, when it's not a part of who I am. There's it, that's an extreme frustration where it's like I, I want to be the person who enjoys being good like that. But right now I know I'm just doing it because I know I have to and I hate it. Yeah. I think – Like when I'm being moral, it's because I want to be bad. <laughs> that's a- <laughs> <laughs> Like the only t- – no, the only time I think of like the law in a spiritual sense or like the ethical system which I have – you know willingly submitted to is like when I like feel the darkness in me. It's like, I have to restrain this thing and force myself to act in the way I believe is good. But like, there's no real goodness in it right now. Well, blessed be that law that is there. Right. Like I'm not saying there's not a point to these things. Well, I mean, it is, it is true though. What Paul said also that the law revealed to myself, my own sin, my own sin. Um, and so, that's probably a topic for another day. Um, I think I think a lot of these moral things, they're worked out unconsciously. And so yeah, I don't think I don't think it's enough to to have a a system that you abide by. Because like you said, Mike, with the with the funeral example, like it wouldn't there are some there are some ways that you could say that that we would be like yeah you know that you know like if we said like you know that the person always kept their word or something like that right you know that would, like wow that was pretty, that's pretty good you speak know? to integrity more yeah. than I mean which would I would say be a part of morality but like it's different yeah yeah so a lot of it is an unconscious is an unconscious working out of things of the relationships and so I think that you know, for me, when it comes down to the morality of it all, as we've been talking about it, I do think that it, 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 it is, it's the way that we work out in community, the good and the bad, the good and the evil. I don't, and, and that ventures into territory of, of, of making it a law or, or making it an, an internal thing. Um, but I think that it is, it is very connected to is very connected to the people around us and to our to our community, um, which we can't get away from. We, uh, and so, I I would like to think that there are times when there are decisions that we make, not that they're not that they are they don't have a moral consequence, but that they they, they have a less of a moral consequence, and we're probably willing to turn a blind eye to to those things when maybe we shouldn't. Um, but but that it's still there. It's still there. I mean, it's, it's, it's woven into, into so much, into all of what we do. Well, it's because we, like when we were talking about in the good and evil, about, you know, the, the gradients, how it kind of bubbles up, you know, like your evil is showing when you like snap and yell at someone. Like we, like we don't want to, I don't think we don't want to see how much the bad, the evil, permeates everything we do. 
Like, that's why we want to be like, well, you know, this is kind of like a neutral thing. And I'm not saying that there aren't like things. I think we just do that to like solve our conscience or something. Right. Like if we like real, like, like if we like realize the horror behind it, like, like, I mean, like all this technology we have around us, which, uh, has done wonderful advances and has created a lot of, a lot of good things, uh, medical, you know, advances, all that, like, but this Apple computer that we're recording on was made in a sweatshop. You know, so I mean, we can like everyone has in their pocket something that they could use to like learn the great stories of knowledge of humanity. They don't really; they use it for like posting selfies. Yeah, but also it keeps us all connected. Like we're we have the ability; it gives us the ability, I should say, to be more connected with each other, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's riddled with horror. If there's horror behind everything in our civilization. Well, I think this is why, and, and, and we've sort of agreed upon this already, so I'm just sort of beating, a, beating something here, but it doesn't, there's got to be more than, just, more than just the behavior involved. Um, you know, the, more, the morality, the system of morality, um, it doesn't, doesn't make us into anything it doesn't make us it doesn't make us good it doesn't it doesn't change our our inner state um but but that i think is true only when it's that that i think that's probably true when it's when it's a when it's, a, when it's an, an external thing i think that's probably true when it, when that morality is just a law how does it become internalized Ooh. You need some sort of transformative, some sort of transformative effect on the person. Can it be through practice as well? You mean can you can you can you do something even though you're not the thing in order to become the thing? Yeah. Maybe in some cases. Like are there moral muscles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, I'll I'll subscribe to that on some level, but I don't know that I don't know that they can fully transform you. Um, yeah, I don't know that it can fully transform you. I think that I think we probably see that in some ways in you know, well, okay, I'm thinking of like 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 patriots or something like that um that you know, serve their country and and sort of can have an experience to somewhere to some point where it like increases their patriotism, right? So like they've practiced this this caring about something um, to the point where it's like it's grown that it's grown that within them, you know. Um, but I don't think that that, and it's it's kind of a bad example because I'm not, I don't know that there's any sort of internal transformation that actually is happening there. But let me try let me try and come at that from a different angle. Um, can you can you practice a moral muscle? Um, we're talking like if you know morality is largely outside us, and we're talking about getting to an internal state. Like, how do you reach that internal state? Mike had to step Magic. out of the room. That's why I'm repeating that. <laughs> <laughs> the can you? So in other words, can you? Can you practice something? Can you practice morality? Or can you practice something externally to to make it an internal it. reality? I think so. I think um, 
Yes and no. <laughs> I agree with you both, uh, and I disagree with you both. <laughs> I don't know where you stand on that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just assuming that we stand on <laughs> different sides. <laughs> I I think that um, that's that's part of. Uh, I mean, like I would look at things like spiritual disciplines, right? I think that that's part of that. Um, and part of that is, you know, going into like Christian mode, uh, <laughs> like you're the way I look at it, you're, you're asking something outside yourself. You know, in my case, I'm asking God to help me transform away from what I believe to be the immoral and toward the moral or away from the evil and toward the good, um, but in asking him to do that, I'm also expecting that I need to practice that moral behavior, whether I feel it or not. And my faith is that God will change the desires that I have. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. I can think a lot more clearly with an empty bladder, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it does help. In So it's – so the – that was a good that was a good explaining of that but it's There's, still wrong well but but i think that what you so what you said though wasn't so much that like you could do it so that you could change but that you needed to do it to let god change you and, or to learn how god has changed you yeah that may be a fair way to put it and and i think that you could make an argument um that i would ultimately disagree with, but I think it's a reasonable argument that it's in the practicing of those things that you modify, you know, neuroplasticity. You're changing the the connections Pathways in your brain your, yeah. to, to to assume to believe and behave in a way that you actually embrace this as good instead of just embrace this as the thing you don't want to do. But I and and maybe it's both and like maybe that is the way in which God has established humans to grow and change. I don't know. It is both hand, I think. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, it is. I mean, if we're going to go with an incarnational model of uh, divinity, <laughs> right. then obviously there would be physical correlations to spiritual principles as well. And and like the flip side of that being that there are people I like I that I know who do not have any faith, uh, at least in, in my sense of, you know, the Judeo-Christian faith who have changed the way that they behave and and desire what is right versus what is wrong. I like what Mike said about the the practicing it and then trusting that God will bring about the change. And I think that that ultimately is the thing that is the Christian practice of morality or the Christian practice of spiritual disciplines, you know, like these things. It's saying that, okay, all those fruits of the Spirit, like I know that I'm... I know that I'm told that like those are things that I should have. I recognize that I don't always have them. So I'm going to try to behave in ways in which I show them and trust that God will grow that in my heart. I think that the, the place that that often falls short, and this is why I say like, I don't, I guess it's ultimately why I hesitated to answer your question, Thomas, about, you know, can you like exercise a moral muscle? Like to a point, I think you probably can. But I don't, I don't think that it can ultimately bring you to that transformative place. I think that there, there has to be something else 
outside of you to bring you to that ultimately transformative place. Can the exercise of morality, let us say, connect you to that other place? No. But I wonder if I'm thinking of that not as morality and more of law. Would you say, if you rephrase it to, can the pursuit of good connect you to that? Is that yes. what you're trying to ask? That's, yes, okay. That's, yeah. Can the pursuit of the good connect you to that place? Because that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual practices. Mm. I mean, or if you want to like keep it with like moral practice, right? Like mm-hmm. we're talking about trying to actually pursue the good. So can the can the pursuit of the good? Like seeking you will find. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Then now I have to answer yes. <laughs> got him. <laughs> oh, you got me with scripture. <laughs> well, is, is, would that be... My one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> we have a kryptonite, kryptonite Bible from Malcolm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, can, can that be, um, at least from, from a, a Christian worldview, like I know there are Christians who would say like, well, you know, if you're not pursuing Christ, then you can't ever be good. You can't ever be better. And I would disagree with that because I know many atheists who are better people than many Christians that I know, right? Is that part of that package then from this this worldview that says you're pursuing good and that's in part what's connecting you to this? That's abs- I, I absolutely believe that, that there are people out there who are pursuing, you know, goodness or virtue or whatever. I would say that they're pursuing Christ. They just don't know it. And I know they'd argue like, that's not what I'm pursuing. I don't care. And, and I get that. I'm not like, but there's a form, right? But there's a form <laughs> guys. Come on. <laughs> Let me introduce you to my pursuing. Yeah. From and it's ancient Greece. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I think like, the, and I think you see it. I think people get connected to God in all types of ways without realizing it. So you're a hippie. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, and I don't know, but I think, yeah, like these. You're not, I, now hang on though, because you're not saying that there are like multiple paths to God. No. You're saying that God draws people towards himself in different ways. Like there's a lot of different ways you could get to my house, but ultimately you got to get on a certain right. street at some point. I believe that way is, and I'm like, believe that way is Christ's. It's like in the Chronicles of Narnia when, uh, like the servant of Tash or Tosh or whatever the guy's name oh, was. Oh, in the last one? It was like, you know, but he was talking to Aslan and he's like, but like I did all these acts for, you know, for. Oh, for, and he's like, no, you did them for me. He's like, yeah, no, you did them for me. You might not have known it, but you did them for me. That's a very, it's a very challenging piece of that book. Well, when, when Christ shep- separates the sheep and the goats, right? Mm-hmm. There's all types of people like. When, when did we do this? When did we do this? There's going to be a whole bunch of people who are like, I didn't know I was doing this for you. And it's like, well, you were. I'm hesitant. Not because I'm just hesitant. I'm not. (laughs) I go back to the, uh, I hope salvation is universal, even though I can't see that in scripture. I think that I hope it is too. The pursuit piece of it, I think, is is the key to that. The pursuit piece of it. Um, morality 
morality doesn't provide us with the with the motivation for the pursuit or just simply the the good you know the simply the structure of morality you know the system that says this is good this is bad doesn't provide us with the pursuit and that is something that that Jesus is clear about like that these are things that you need to seek in order to find them and morality as a as a structure as a system of that it doesn't provide a a motivation to pursue and if there's a plate and i guess maybe that's the thing where like it on to see my side of things now well i guess that's the way where it, i guess that's the way where it, like it oftentimes falls short because because we're we are people who will who will seek out like the the easiest way and so if somebody tells me it's enough to just do this not do that in your behavior but we've already affirmed that like there might be stuff behind the behavior that doesn't make the behavior right right and um, so so it's not enough to just say this is right this is wrong do this not do that there's a lot more behind it and and if you're and if you're if your behavior isn't pursuing upwards to towards something i think there are a lot of people who are pursuing that thing behind it without like Without realizing without it, without realizing it, without being able to name it. I mean, I was one of those people for a long time. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, it's like they're pursuing. Yeah, um, and if the and if the if the American Christian Church has failed, like, and this is probably why my hesitancy is, it's to it's to see something like that, and to, and to not recognize recognize it for what it is, right. which is that pursuit. I'd have no problem saying, you know, hey, that thing that you're looking for is Jesus. Is Jesus? Yeah. But I also recognize that there are people who might go their whole life for whatever reason without coming to him who were nevertheless seeking him. Mm-hmm. And they were seeking him in goodness. They were seeking him in beauty. They were seeking him in trying to live an upright life. And, I mean, I think those who do the law apart from the law are reckoned as righteous before God. Well, those who do, you know, follow the way of Christ's apart from Christ, I think it's the same way. Because you can't, like, apart from him. And I know we're just mm-hmm. devolving into, like, theology now. But, like, ultimately, I guess, <laughs> to, like, to... Uh, Surprise! Like, to, like, keep, to keep it, uh, you know, metaphysical, I mean, there are people out there who are pursuing the form of the good without knowing the true form of the good. But nevertheless, that's the thing they want. They want that. They want that. Do any of us know the fullest extent of the true form of the good or no we, all we see through of... a glass darkly hmm. well and that's the i think that that is is the thing that work that we sort of come down on or where we've come down on in all of our in all of our talking about morality um that we oftentimes we oftentimes have a flawed sense of it we probably most often have a have a very flawed sense of it. Um, it gets colored by all kinds of different things in our lives, by um, by ourselves, by our selfishness, by our relationships with other people, by our community around us, by our environment. It's it's colored in all these in all these different ways, and 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 per, a lot of times, I think that you know, a lot of times the 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 divine is not is not considered in it, um, and so. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, when we talk about the divine and its relationship into our morality too, it's like 
like we are saying that there is a person, there is a being that is ultimately good. And that's the thing that, that's the source of our, of our morality. We aren't, we're, we're not saying that morality just comes from some, some force or some, some ephemeral amorphous sense of, of good and, and bad of, of right and wrong side of the force. No, no. That'd be cool if it did though. <laughs> but that what, what we're saying, <laughs> Do a bunch of awesome stuff, but that what we're saying is, is that it's encapsulated in a, it's encapsulated in a, in a, in a divine being. And that that's the thing that becomes the source of these things for us. Yeah. Well, not just for us, but ultimately, ultimately. Yeah. For everyone. I mean, that's I mean, that's why I think, you can't come up with moral arguments if you're a pure materialist other than what's without it devolving into some form of relativism because then you'd have to say, well, we need these codes for X, Y, Z. You I, can't universalize. I think it, them. I don't, I don't know that it's, I think it's more a lot of, well, utilitarian. What is expedient? What is best? Which is terrifying. Yeah. Well, it's it's how you end up with soiling green as people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we've talked ourselves out here. Is this is this the end of our our series on morality? So if, if it is, we should probably discuss uh, break and all of that. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say that it is. I can't really think of where we'd go from here. I think we've I'm going to I'm going to say healthy three episodes. <laughs> I'm going to say that it is our, it, it, that it is our end. Um and I am going to say that that we're going to exercise exercise a break. Um constant listener, we found ourselves um up against our our publishing schedule with our recording schedule and that the two have sort of <laughs> the two have met uh which is which is a dangerous place to be and so um so we've endeavored to do something here uh with what would you do if we poked you in the axiom uh it's there at the beginning of of every episode of what our endeavor is and so we're going to take a a publishing break so that we can we can continue to record and continue to have these types of conversations um, to be able to present them for you. Please, if you uh, if you enjoy these, if you have found yourself to enjoy these, um, have these conversations with the people around you. I guess that would be that would be the challenge. Um, you know, take take what it is that that we have done. Um, do it in your own in your own spaces in your own community. And, and continue to have these have these conversations with the people around you. Continue to continue to join with us. Um, when you're going to hear in the in the outro, you're going to hear that we've got a Facebook page and we've got a website and all that. And you can you can engage engage with us on there. We would love to have that opportunity to engage with you. Um, but if you think that this is worthwhile, uh, share it, do it, uh, be it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just said bop it twist it yeah, yeah, yeah. wish I it want it do it <laughs> name it and claim it baby <laughs> name it and claim it your victory <laughs> oh I'm losing all my religious clients for so many reasons because uh, of this podcast <laughs> we will grow you new clients <laughs> that Mike guy uh, doesn't want anyone fire him <laughs> 
Thank you for being with us. Thank you for uh, for being with us for for this our our opening season. I guess I, it's, it seems it seems strange to think of it like that. But for our for our opening season of what would you do if we poked you in the axiom? We intend to continue. We hope that you will follow along and join along with us, uh, constant listener, as we do. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or found it challenging, please like and share with your friends. You can find us online at pokethexiom.com. And join the conversation yourself at facebook.com forward slash poke the axiom. Your hosts were Malcolm Fowler, Thomas Barton, and Mike Dion. This episode was recorded at the Black River Innovation Campus in Springfield, Vermont, and is sponsored by Indelible Inc., a web agency driven to perfect your digital presence. 